Awesome. All right, cool. Well, again, it's so awesome to be here live from the Oceanside studio. You didn't even know that there was one, but there is one. So um, I'm just going to start, to be honest with you guys, I'm going to start with a little bit of a confession. I admit this morning, I find Jimmy Fallon pretty funny. And do you know what? There's these, all these different activities and these games that he does online. And one of the ones that I do find really funny is called the Whisper Challenge. So everybody, yeah, I know maybe not quite as accurate, but I just love this this little skit that they do. And so what it is, is they have two people, obviously Jimmy Fallon and and some um, movie star or something like that is involved, and they have these headphones on. And what they have is they have the music blaring in the headphones, and then Jimmy Fallon has to say a sentence or some, some sort of words, and the people, the person that has the headphones on, has to actually say back the sentence. And then you get to watch this person, like, say the words completely wrong. It's actually quite comical. And, well, why am I starting with this? A little while back, uh, in the 2020 challenge, for those that are going through it, there was this piece of scripture, and it got me thinking about blocking out all of the noise, all of the noise around us, and focusing sharply on what God is saying. So what we're going to do is we're going to take a look at some pieces of scripture this morning. We're going to look at a bunch of sections in numbers, actually. And we're going to start with numbers 13. And just wanted to kind of summarize it because these are are big kind of parts of scripture. And so first what happens is Moses sends out 12 spies for 40 days. Moses just asks these spies, he says, okay, check out the land. What is it like? Are the people strong? Are they few? Are they many? Are there fortified cities? And then he says, bring back some of the fruit. And so we're going to pick it up in verse 17. And it says this, it says, Moses sent them to spy out the land of Canaan. And he said to them, go up into the Nagab onto, go up into the hill country and see what the land is, whether the people who dwell are strong or weak, whether they are few or many, and whether the land that they dwell in is good or or bad, whether the cities that dwell are in camps or strongholds. Verse 20, and whether the land is rich or poor, and whether there are trees or not, be of good courage. Bring back some of the fruit of the land. Now the time was the season of the ripe grapes. And what we see right away in this piece of Um, in this piece of scripture is just, again, just kind of the the general outline of, okay, what were these spies doing? But what we're going to see very shortly as we move into our scripture this morning is fear seizes 10 out out of the 12 spies. And let's continue to look at numbers 13 verses 25 to 28. And again, just to kind of shorten it up a little bit, now what's happened is these 12 spies have come back after the 40 days. They're talking amongst everybody as they they talk about what they saw and what they did. And so here in verse 27 is the report from the spies. Verse 27 in chapter 13 says this, and now they told him, which talking about Moses, we came to the land, which you sent us. It flows with milk and honey, and this is its fruit. However, the people who dwell in the land are strong. 
The cities are fortified and very large. And let's continue on in verse 31, Numbers 31. It says this, Then the men who had gone up with him said, We are not able to go up against the people, for they are stronger than we are. So they brought to the people of Israel a bad report of the land that they had spied out. Here's what they said. They said, the land through which we have gone to spy it, and it is a land that devours its inhabitants, and all the people that we saw in it are of great height. So what I kind of called this section is they started the what ifs. I don't know about you guys, but I know I can do that as well. The what ifs and fear started to creep in. People started to operate based on fear. And I feel like even the, the recent events, right, that we are taking place, we can, we can start to act out in fear. But remember, God didn't give us a spirit of fear. But let's go back to the Israelites. They had forgotten all of the things God had said and done up to this point. Remember, they're in the desert. There's manna coming from heaven. They, earlier on, God split the Red Sea and they walked through it. And they had forgot all of these things that, that God had done. The Israelites had shrunk God. What happened is it resulted in fear it resulted in backing down, lock, loss of vision, and failure, failure to push through obstacles. They allowed their own fear to saturate other people's thoughts. What is the, in the heart often determines our speech and our attitude. If there is genuine faith in our hearts, accompanying works will be both appropriate speech and conduct. If a believer can control his or her tongue in these circumstances, in these trying times, he or she can maintain control of their entire being. And again, I'm just reminded of a few summers ago in BC when we had a lot of forest fires. And if you, right, you can remember that even just the smallest spark can start a forest fire. And what happens is it begins to spread. It can take up, eventually can take up massive amounts of the forest. And if there's not proper control of it, it obviously can get out of control. Our speech can be that devastating. It can be that destructive if it's unbridled. It's like a change of wind to a firefighter causing the fire to spread to other areas of the forest. We also see that it can destroy fellowship and unity. Fear has that power. It starts to make what's unseen in our hearts. It can make it become visible. And this is what happened with those 10 Israelites that gave the bad report. But again, what we're going to see is Joshua and Caleb. What they did is they tried, right? They tried to do something different. You can see the fear in the group, but it's pretty amazing what Caleb and Joshua were trying to do. The others, they were focusing on how overwhelming and risky the task of taking the land is. 
And they were focusing on their lack and their inadequacies instead of remembering and focusing on God. The 10 went into the land. were looking with their physical eyes. When we do this, our situation can become overwhelming. We can think the task or the call is too big. We can, we can maybe see that we feel insignificant. Maybe the diagnosis is too large for us to understand. Maybe then also, maybe you guys experience this as well. The, the enemy starts to whisper in our ears, just like in that game that I shared earlier. He can start to whisper that this will never work. It's too risky. You, you yourself, you are not capable. And you know what? Fear can start to break in. Uncertainty. God, God won't come through. That can be the lies of the enemy. Maybe some doubting as well from the enemy. That we start to not believe what God is saying in those specific situations. But as we're going to see, Caleb responded much different. Let's take a look at some of Caleb and his key actions and his steps in his life. First off, Caleb believed in God's promises. Let's jump back to the beginning of Numbers 13, verses 1 and 2. The Lord said to Moses, send some men to explore the land of Canaan, which I am giving to the Israelites. I love that last part. Caleb remembered God's word. He believed by faith that God had promised that land to him and to the Israelites. I think a second key is God, uh, Caleb believed what God said. And looking ahead again in Numbers 13, but now back to verse 30. But Caleb quieted the people before Moses and said, let us go up at once and occupy it for we are able to do it and to overcome it. I, I love this. I love just again, picturing that imagine him saying, Hey, Hey people be quiet. Like, Hey you, no, 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 shut up. Be quiet. I don't know. Maybe it's because I'm a middle school teacher and that's kind of, you know, trying to get a, a, a crowd of middle school students to be quiet is pretty difficult. Once one starts, then eight start and then 10, it's like 25. And you're like, Hey, no, 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 you be quiet. And then when you turn around, it's like that one's talking, then that one's talking. Okay. Anyway, sorry. I'll stop. But anyway. Okay. Back, back to our story here, but it's not easy to get that attention. But Caleb tries to silence the crowd, the doubters, the naysayers. And I was thinking about, um, I don't know if some of you have maybe experienced this, like maybe your like camp days or, or maybe you've been to like a, a high ropes course, maybe even like wild play here in Nanaimo. And this one place that I went to, I believe it's uh, in uh, Cape and Ray on Thetis Island. They have this thing. I don't know if this is even the name, but I'm just going to call it this. It's called the leap of faith. That's what I'm going to call it. And what it is, is it's this telephone pole like 40 feet, right? This huge telephone pole, these little tiny pegs that you have on the side of the telephone pole, you get all strapped in and roped up and you climb up this telephone pole. And then at the top of the telephone pole is this little, like I'm talking like your feet barely fit 
on this piece of wood and I don't, I don't have very big feet and like size eight and they just like your toes are creeping over the edge. And the telephone pole is like rocking back and forth and you're like trying to balance on top of this telephone pole. And then, right, you, they, they add this awesome element. There's this like bar just out from your reach. And they tell you from the bottom, they're like, if you can do it, jump out and grab and hang on the bar. Well, you can imagine what happens when you're standing at the top. You're like, okay, is my life insurance in check? Uh, is this rope like secure? Did they actually, you know, that cool knot that they do? Like, is that knot? Did they do the like right loops or is this thing going to like let loose? Is it, is it going to hold me right? The right tension, the right, you know, amount of weight, all that sort of thing as you're rocking back and forth. And I don't know, for me, what it is, is when you're, you're kind of standing in those, in those places is the longer you stay there, the longer your mind starts to play tricks with you and starts to, you, you start to kind of freeze, right? And there's people on the bottom, maybe saying like, we'll count down from three and, and jump on three. And you're just like, no, no, no. And I've seen it often where people, they stand up there for long periods of time. And then unfortunately they begin to walk down. But in my experience, what I did is I got up there and again, it was still, I had to, I I just, I jumped within a few seconds and grabbed the bar that was out there. And we see that in Caleb, we see an instant faith. What he does is he says, let's go up at once. And I love that. I love just that going at once, not holding back. And here's a quote from Blaise Pascal. And he has some insight. And we probably should listen because he's a mathematician. So he says this, he says, Lord, help me to do the things as though they were little. Since I do them with your power and little things as though they were great, since I do them in your name. Caleb had the type of faith God is looking for in times like this. He's asking us to follow him to actually follow through on his leading. I see some other, again, important things from Caleb. Caleb followed God wholeheartedly. And I'm going to skip to chapter 14 of Numbers, and specifically verse 24. And this is an amazing piece of scripture that maybe in the 2020 challenge, I kind of skimmed over until I looked back at this. So Numbers 14 verse 24 says this, but my servant Caleb, because he has a different spirit and has followed me fully, I will bring into the land into which he went and his descendants shall possess it. Caleb followed the Lord wholeheartedly. There was no half-heartedness in him. There wasn't this sometimes on, sometimes off, sometimes hot, sometimes cold. It's almost like a Katy Perry song, I think. Hopefully, I don't think I quoted that. Sorry. But there was no choosing when he followed or when he wouldn't based on convenience or risk assessment. When we fully follow God, it involves our heart. It involves our soul, our strength, and our mind. Caleb had a different spirit. Another part of this different spirit, what I see, is that Caleb had hope. All 12 of those spies looked at the same land, the same giants, 
the fortified cities saw that they were outmatched, yet reached dramatically different conclusions about how to proceed. Because he had hope. He was a man of action. He didn't waste time. He went right away. He did not live by sight. He lived by faith. The people of that land, again, weren't something to be messed with. This wasn't, this wasn't just some easy task. Yet Caleb's heart was set on God's word. He had courage and he had boldness. And what's awesome is we see these characteristics throughout his life. And in this next piece of scripture, we see this confirmed. Further down in Numbers 14, verses 8 to 12, Caleb is now, was, sorry, was 40 years old when he went to spy out this land with the other 12 spies. But now we're going to see down the track in verse 8. Here's Caleb. He says this, But my brothers who went up with me, the heart of the people melted. Yet I fully followed the Lord my God. And Moses swore on that day, saying, Surely the land which your foot has trodden shall be the inheritance for you and your children forever, because you have wholly followed the Lord my God. And now behold, the Lord has kept me alive, just as he said these 45 years since. And now behold, in this day, I love this, 85 years old. I am still, verse 11, I am still as strong today as my strength was, was then for war and for going. And so now give me this hill country of which the Lord spoke on that day. We see how Caleb persevered until the end. It's important to start the race but we also need to see the tape at the finish line. For some of you, you may know that I'm a teacher. And I knew at a very, very young age that I wanted to be a teacher. But to be honest with you guys, school has never been easy for me. I've always had to put just a little or often a lot more work than other people. And what happened is, Eventually, obviously, I graduated high school, and I was looking at universities and colleges to go to, and I really felt like God was leading me to a university in the United States. And to get into the United States, uh, into that particular university, I had to take the ACT. And uh, I took the ACT, and, and I got my score back, and there was a specific score that you needed to get. It had to be a certain number, and guess what? I obviously didn't get that number. And so I was pretty, you know, down on myself, and, and, and I wasn't sure, you know, really what to do. But honestly, by the grace of God, what happened is the university contacted me, and they said, you know what? Your score was pretty close, pretty close. And so what we're going to do is, if you are willing to take some extra courses, we'll allow you on probation to come into the university. And so what I did is I jumped on that opportunity. And so what I had to do is I had to upgrade. And for those that have been at university, there is so many courses already. Um, the load can be quite overwhelming at times. And so I'm trying to balance this. And I'm trying to do these extra courses and try to do my educational courses. And then uh, I was involved in sports. And so it was a busy time. 
And as I shared earlier, education has been, has been tough. I've always needed to do that extra. And so what I ended up doing is I ended up getting tutors. I ended up using the resources, the resource room and bringing my essays in and my papers because often when I would give my papers in, it was like that red ink was all over it and it didn't look very good. And do you know what? There was times when I could have easily given up. But do you know what? Through that, through the help, I persevered and I eventually graduated And so it reminded me again of Caleb and how he persevered. We see that Caleb had a spirit of holding on to what God had promised and he finished well. I'm going to close with some some final points here. Some kind of get practical applications here. I don't know about you, but maybe you are finding that there is a lot of noise in your life distracting you from Jesus. Or maybe you are like me can allow the voices of other people to be overwhelming. Maybe circumstances are drowning out the voice of God in your life. As far as I know, the Israelites didn't have social media. So you can imagine the battle that we have today with all of this white noise around us. You can easily go onto the internet and find all sorts of information. But are we looking, are we seeking after what God is saying in his word? Because as we saw in Caleb's life, it is a decision to keep focused on God, on his will and on his ways. And again, reminded of Caleb as an example He believed in God's promises. He believed what God said. He followed God wholeheartedly. And he blocked out what others were saying that didn't align with God's will and God's way. And maybe this morning as as you're streaming in, maybe you haven't given your life to God. Maybe you haven't accepted Jesus. And we would love to again help you with that. Maybe the people around you as well. Maybe connecting with others throughout this week in small groups would love to pray with you. Would love to make that commitment to Jesus with you. And so our prayer and hope that is again, that Caleb can be an example for us to follow God with all of your heart. We just want to pray with you. And then we'll hand it over back to the worship team. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, I thank you for this time. I thank you, Lord God, that you are an amazing God. That your grace and your mercy is there for us. That, Lord God, as we read your word, I just pray again that we would grab hold of your word, Lord God. That again, that we would believe what you say is true. That we would follow you wholeheartedly. And that we would just align our way of thinking with your thinking. That you would, again, just Holy Spirit, invade us. Even now, Lord God, as we continue to worship, that you would, again, just fill our midst. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen.